Well, hey, howdy, hey. Oh, we got it that time. Okay. Totally. Welcome to the Texans Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so pardon any smacking. Um, I hadn't eaten yet, so I grilled me a steak and so brought he's it. He's having a true Texas. Oh, my goodness. This steak is amazing. Best sound. Wait a minute. That. We can do better than that, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay, all there right. So, um, are y'all ready to finish the first book of the Bible? Twenty-six podcasts. Wow. You ready to do this thing? So we broke it in half. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very literally. So that's roughly two chapters. For every, what is it? Yeah, two chapters for every podcast, roughly. Yep. Yep. Doing pretty good. We are doing pretty good. This is... Ladies and gentlemen, we come to you today <laughs> with the Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible, my personal favorite. New King James Version. <laughs> New, New King James. <laughs> New King James. At least it's not New King Ducks. I don't know why I was thinking that. But... What? Where did ducks go? Oh, I, I guess it's, uh-huh. on the, it's on the front of the Bible, so okay. yeah. So, um, yeah. Whenever I think of kings, I think of ducks because of you know King do, David. Do and you know Ducky. how the duck commander thing came about? You know what? I actually don't. Tell. <laughs> so uh, Phil, who prior to Phil doing this, uh, duck calls were all one sound, one flavor, mm-hmm. and they were all a single read. Yeah, and. Uh, Lost my train of thought with the squeaking. It like kills my brain. Um, but so Phil had this marvelous, marvelous idea, and he he had a way with the duck calls. He could make them sound like another duck, mm-hmm. actually like different breeds and such. And and he was playing around with these duck calls. And one of his longtime friends, who at the time that this was said was not a Christian, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You're just like a duck commander." He said, "You you." Use that call, and they come where you want them to come. Mm-hmm. He said, you were literally commanding the ducks. And so that's that's how that came about, but Phil was the first one to come up with a dual-readed duck call. Oh, okay. And is it more ducky? It is more ducky, and you can you can actually make it sound like a blue-winged teal or a mallard okay. or a wood duck. You can actually make the vibration sound like a different duck instead of... You know, you just blowing in. Like I, I have a duck call up there. It's a single reeded duck call. Not, mm-hmm. it's not a documentary. It's something I got a duck to unlimited years and years ago for free. But uh, you and I've done this because I actually have one of Duck Commander's calls somewhere. They, they sound completely different, and they're both supposed to be a mallard call. Oh, okay. So it's just like, but it's just that calls before he started doing this were just standard. Like they were just a standard quack. You know, mm-hmm. nothing crazy about it. And then he started making the the dual reeded duck calls, so little, little tidbit of history. That's cool. Yeah. So that's how the the duck commander of such came out. So he just started making duck callers. Right. Yeah. I'm being picture. I'm sorry. I'm cutting my steak and. Some of you are watching, like. That's a that's it's just so thick like it really. That is that is what I would definitely call a Texas steak. Yes, it is a Texas steak. 
I'm about to make it more Texas, if you don't mind. What are you going to do? Shoot it? I'm taking a Texas picture. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) So at that moment, what everyone didn't see was he grabs my pistol off my desk here and and puts it next... He's pulling it out of the holster and puts it next to his plate. And, uh, yeah... Let's see. That's how I would pick it up if I was going to pick it up and actually do you, something with you it. You would, yeah. You would, I wouldn't. Well, thou happens <clears> to be <throat> leftist handist. So, uh, sorry, my steak just looks amazing. and I'm. He's over here photographing his food. I thought we were doing a podcast, but apparently we're having a photography session. Oh, would you like a, a better picture. camera? I would love a better camera, but I think we should probably podcast. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were going to continue like doing <laughs> no, the photo no, no. shoot. No, no, I think we should move on with you and Betsy over there. Betsy, oh no, this is Lulu. <laughs> oh, that was Lulu. <laughs> Betsy got to live. Um, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are now in chapter fifty. So, weeps and tears and happiness as we go on through the Bible. Um, and uh, this is a. Um, milestone you'd call it oh this is a milestone 65 more oh yes books (laughs) i was was like chapters we're doing more than that aren't we okay 50 then joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him and joseph commanded his servants the physicians to embalm his father so the physicians were embalmed so the physicians embalmed israel 40 days were required for him for such are the days required for those who are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him seventy days. Now, when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak in the hearing of the Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am dying in my grave, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. That I dug for myself. Me. That's right, yeah. He was prepared. His own two hands. Uh, Now, therefore, please let me go up and bury my father, and I will come back. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear. Now, this is... um, This is interesting because... Have some lonesome dove stuff going here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There seems to be that all the way through the family, though. There does, yeah. Um, What's interesting is that we know that when one dies... Their soul is not in them anymore. There's just a body. There's a shell. You know, and the soul is really what's important. Our bodies are temporary. But you can see that the Who old... said my body was temporary? Sorry, man. I got some truth sizing for you. Dead gum. Um, I mean, anyway. I have the body of Buddha. I might as well live for... Oh, no, wait. He didn't live for... That's right. Ah. <laughs> uh... Sorry, that was that was actually pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Did Buddha have a mustache? Yeah, he had like the little Fu Manchu thing. Oh, but yours goes up. His goes down. I can make mine go down if it makes you okay, feel better. True enough. Okay. So, like I was saying, we see the patriarch. It looks better going up of the Old Testament. You know, this older world finding it very important to be buried with their fathers and their family. You know, before mm-hmm. them, 
And um, <clears throat> that's not an old thing. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, my dad, uh, whenever he dies, he does not want to be, you know, buried in North Carolina. He'll, you know, he'll be buried here if it's, you know, necessary, but he'd rather be buried in Texas uh, in North Texas. Oh, Gus McCall. Where a lot of our family is from. The first guy, Gus, is McCray, actually. McCray, yeah. McCray. <clears throat> Captain uh, Call was the other one. The Lions first ended up in North North Texas-ish. And moved south from there. Well, my great wish would be to be buried, truthfully, next to my Texas ancestor. But Ooh. last time I checked, they're not going to let extra bodies in the state cemetery, so... Um, that's not going to happen. Do what you want to be put in the cenotaph. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, my second would I've, I've always thought about this, and I don't know why. I, mean, I think it's because you know we all think about that at some point or the yeah. other. You know, <clears throat> um, I wouldn't want to be buried, you know, in the Methodist cemetery with the rest of my quote unquote family. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That I, I have a thing. I'd like to be buried on the old family cemetery plot. Okay. Which is no longer a cemetery. Well, it is, but it's out in the middle of someone's pasture. You know? So it's like, not the ideal place to bury someone. But, you know, that would, you know, if I was given the, the choice and opportunity, that's where I would request. To be buried. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it took Shay a while to find it. He actually called me on the way out there because he was like, um, I don't remember where it is. And, of course, I'm, <clears throat> I am i haven't lived there in six years. So I'm sitting there going, okay, well, you go down that road, and then you go down the other road. And, you know, you go three-quarters of a mile. There's a big tree. <laughs> there <laughs> used to be a big there. tree. <laughs> still you there? Know, I don't know. Uh, and, and Shay got to the, the, the gate and everything. And he was like, oh, it's locked. There's a There's a thing that says, you know trespassers will be shot kind of thing I'm like, yeah well it's technically it's a family member that owns the property you know well mm-hmm. the family is a loose term because he's extended and married in and we've married in and out because they were the other family that were the head runners of b-dies at the time mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, with the plasters and the smiths okay and so uh the smiths own that property i was like well you know bryce i mean all you have to do is get him on the what is your dad i was trying to get what is your dad called the the phone. Oh, wait. Ferenc Brecker? Yeah, the Ferenc Brecker. Okay. That's <laughs> old bad Texas German. It is. I know. I've, I've, and it's it's so bad that I, I really can't say it. Mm-hmm. Anytime I try to say it, I butcher it even further. So I'll just let him yeah, do it. Dad there. and his bad Texas German, the way they would say, I'm going to give you a call, um, was translated directly from the English German dictionary. Um, and. Well, you know, it doesn't always translate directly. Yeah. And so that's not how Germans, I'm not sure exactly how Germans would say, I'll give you a call. Um, probably, you know, ich will a call in Z or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But the Texas Germans that dad hung around with learned, ich will a roof do up on the Ferensprecher. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'll ro- I'll roof you up on the Ferenc Brecker. Yeah, is uh, what it turned into, and Dad still says that today. But yeah, yeah no, I uh, so I just told Shay, I was like, call him. You can you can get into the, you can. Get, I mean, that's 
by law, really, it's the way that Texas law reads, you can't keep someone from a family uh, burial plot, even mm-hmm. if there is a sign. That's an exception. And and that is, you know, that is our family bur- It's I think there is a Smith buried in there, but it's mm-hmm. actually the Plaster Ross Cemetery. Which the Rosses, I think, married into both the Plasters and the Smiths. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of like an in-betweener. Right. Um, but that's where, uh, you know, Thomas Plenty, his his uh, his mother, I believe, is buried in there. Which I find, uh, no, I, I, don't think, I don't know if his brother, his mother's buried in there. I know his children and his wife are. Mm. Uh, he's buried in the state cemetery. Um, but I can't remember. I want to say his mother was buried there, but I don't think that, that, that can't be. Because I think his mother died here in North Carolina. Oh. So I don't foresee them dragging her body quite that far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless, it was obviously pretty important. Culturally, I think it's continued to be important. Yeah. You know. To be buried where you're from, where your family is, you know. And uh, so. Because they keep making the point there's sojourners in the land. Yeah. Yeah. This is not my people's land. That's pretty much exactly the way dad feels about North Carolina. I know. I feel the same way. <laughs> he calls it east, the easternmost county of Texas yeah. just to justify just the to fact. Just to justify the fact of living here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I agree. It's a Texas thing, man. I mean, you, your home yeah. is your home. And and people don't get that because I, I said something the other day. I was making the comment. I said, you know, I, I figure I have probably 17, 18 years here. Then I'll make the decision of whether I want to go back or stay a little bit longer, which I don't think that'll be a rough decision. Uh But, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, that that thought, you know, I I don't know what I'm going to do after that. Well, I'll get there when that time comes. But the people that I say that to, they're just like, why would you want to leave? Yeah. Why would you want to leave? And I'm going, what? What do you mean, why do I? This is not my home. And they're going... You know, and, and every, and well, <laughs> everybody, uh, you know, everybody has this idea that Texans don't have this idea, but everyone else does. You know, home is wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. You know, home is where you're from. Right. You know, I have a house here mm-hmm. and I have a place to live here. But this is certainly not my home. Right. You know, and that's and, and people have used that term. You know, home is wherever you, you know, you make it. Mm hmm. They've used that term to justify moving because of jobs and trying to, you know, convince their family that it's the right thing to do. I get, I get the excuse when you're talking to kids, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you have to be real to a certain extent when you're talking to yourself or adults. Right. You know, the the reasons are practicality and job related when you do that. But, and that's also a southern thing. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, because uh, people from you know Canada and stuff like that, even even the Brits, you know, they don't have that mindset they have you know this is where i'm from but you know my home is here you mm-hmm. know yeah. just interesting yeah yeah anyway i'll, I'll let you I, I've, <laughs> I've ranted i've ranted enough i'm sorry i'll i'll, I'll no sit back problemo oh, i've also got see. a piece of glass stuck in my foot i think so ow you know, yeah well it's I think leftovers from the glass I broke in the bathroom. <laughs> oh no! It's it's now in my foot because I took a shower earlier. Ouch! So uh, just noticed that. So a little wisdom from my father: don't do that. Yeah, don't. It hurts. <laughs> G- <laughs> oh my thanks, gosh, that, that sounds. G- you're gonna thanks. get me on another rant. My grandfather was. This was his like tagline. You and and he was a vet, so going through you know a. a 
a form of medical school, he was very knowledgeable of anatomy and things. So anytime you had something wrong with you, you'd, you'd call him, you know, and, uh, and his, he, he would ask you like, if he says my stomach hurts or something or, or no, my arm hurts. And he goes, well, what, what happens if you touch it and you would touch it and go, well, it hurts. He goes, don't do that. <laughs> it hurts when I walk. Then sit down. <laughs> that was his answer. He wow. just, but he he coaxed you into touching it. Like, oh, my arm hurts. Well, what happens if you touch it? It hurts. Well, don't do that. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I remember getting a little sympathy from dad when, you know, when I was little, and you know, uh, say, ow, I. I, you know, hit my arm against the wall accidentally or something like that, or I stepped on a Lego or something like that. And now my foot hurts. And dad would say, oh, okay, well, don't do that. That's bad for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, so anyway, all that aside. Back to 50. Now, Joseph went up to bury his father. And with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt. So Pharaoh, Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of the house. That was a heck of a procession. And all the elders of the land of Egypt, as well as the house of Joseph, his brothers, and his father's house. Dude, this would be like, you know... Uh, this is all the top advisors, the president, the president's wife, and everybody who's important to the highest ups coming to your dad's funeral. Not just coming, but processing. I didn't know I was a Kennedy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, it'd be That's like... That's what it would be like. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, be like a Kennedy be, funeral. It'd be the Queen of England coming yeah. to your funeral. And everybody who's important to her, you know, uh, it would be big. That's a procession. Yeah, it's a procession. And the crazy thing is, is... Because you got to think. They're not doing this just for Joseph. They're yeah. doing it for his... They don't really know, uh, you know... Well, they are doing it because of Joseph. They're doing it because of Joseph, yes. But, but they're not doing it for... They're doing it because of their, their direct connection yeah, yeah. with Joseph. But they're not doing it because for any any special reason to Joseph's yeah, father. Because Joseph you know? is essentially the most important to the house of Pharaoh. But what do time. the Egyptians care about most? And always have. I don't know. The Probably all exactly. Yeah. That is that is their that has always been their most precious go to. That's mm -hmm. why they've, you know, tried to keep their you know people preserved as well as possible so yeah. that they can come back and be reincarnated right you know and things like that they care about the afterlife so you know i would say this was probably a procession that would be if someone in the royal family of the pharaoh died right this right. is what you would see you know they see, would be yeah. going down to the tomb that has been prepared and yada 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 mm -hmm. i would say probably something like this is similar but that's a long trek from egypt to Canaan. yeah well, this is, you know, the most important person in the world to Joseph is his dad. Right. And the most important person in the world to the house of Pharaoh is Joseph. Is Joseph, yeah. So they're like, dude, you know, what? 
it's not, you know. They're like, well, yeah, I keep this gravy train on biscuit wheels yeah. going. Yeah. You know, it'd be like if, uh, you know, you had a really good friend whose dad died. You'd be there. He's, he's rubbing that rabbit foot. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the Pharaoh has got, you know, his own interests, but also I feel like he's pretty genuine in his love of Joseph. I think this Pharaoh you is, know. and I, I, I... Obviously, the lives of every single Egyptian kind of hang on Joseph, but I feel like the Pharaoh and Joseph, they're kind of, you know... Yeah, I think there's a point where he started caring for him. Right. You yeah. know, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't so much... Um, wasn't so much a matter of luck or whose God was who, but it was mm -hmm. a matter of, you know, he's done great things right, for this, right. and I can see good in him. And Which speaks that, for Pharaoh. Yeah. Because the, you know, his... You call it... What is it? It's not... Is it predecessor? The, sure. the people that come after? After? That's... I guess it'd be postcessor. I don't know. No, there's a... No, there's... There, really? <laughs> <laughs> I am I asking you? Never mind. <laughs> oh, no. Um... Anyway, the, the you know the pharaohs to come after him, which I, I believe the next one is Ramses, and then Ramses the second, which would be the one that Moses has his dealings with. Um, you know, they're not so great. No, not really. In fact, after this dude dies, you know the uh, uh, the pharaohs kind of go downhill from there. And become they do less than nice people. Um, but you can. It's almost like he's the last decent pharaoh. Yeah. But, Do the uh, Egyptians even have a pharaoh anymore? That's not a thing. That's, is that I even a title? I mean, maybe at like casinos or something like that. Yeah, because they technically have a presidency, don't they? Yeah, I, they don't have a pharaoh. I mean, the pharaoh is God, you know. Well, that it was a title, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if they kept the title running in yeah, any way. Because I, I know they have, it was like a presidency that they have now, don't they? Probably. I think they've I think they've gone over to a democracy because uh -huh. they went from pharaoh to um, I guess really a, a no monarchy. They what had a was monarchy after pharaoh, probably some sort of king. Yeah. No, there, there was a monarchy after pharaohs. Uh -huh. um, I was just wondering if they kept the name for any purpose mm -hmm. uh, past that. But I think they're a democracy now because I've been. Um, I've been, I've been binge watching The Crown, which, okay. by the way, is a pretty good television show. It's actually pretty accurate. They've done a lot of <laughs> these historians that got in on this show knew what they were talking about. Because mm -hmm. um, I've been fact checking the whole time. I've, I've been pulling at Kirk Lyons, uh -huh. just like googling everything. Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? But anyway, um, there's this one scene in there where they're talking about that, and they're talking about. Uh, Queen Elizabeth's changing things. And they're like, ah, you know, there's a point where a monarchy becomes, you know, they go to the yellow light and then they go to the red light and then it's all over and you have a revolution and we don't want that to happen. Right. You know? And he's like, it last happened to Egypt. And I'm going, okay, so Egypt at some point was a monarchy. Right, yeah. You know, not... not Probably so. Yeah. This seemed like a monarchy. So now they've... But I, I know they've gone, you know, they had a revolution, so they've gone yeah. to more of a democracy. Anyway. Um, Side note. Yeah, well, sorry for not getting through too much of this chapter, but uh, we should probably... Oh, wow, break. yeah, we should probably, <laughs> probably take a break. I've yeah. been yammering. Well, uh, uh, we'll in the right next five back. minutes, go get yourself a steak. Yeah, and, uh, we'll, we'll be see you soon. Right back. <laughs> hey, hey, we're, we're back. back. All right, so... That's right. 
Um, okay. I can't change so... that, by the way. You can't? No, I can't figure out how to change it. Oh, I'll show you when we're done. I've, I've tried to click on that, and it just makes you change the calendar, which is fine. <laughs> the calendar's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's the time zone that doesn't seem to be Yeah. Okay, so... so... I'm going to sit over here in silence, and you just read. Okay. Maybe. Uh, oh. So, Joseph went up to bury his father, servants, pharaoh, elders, elders of the land of Egypt, as well as Joseph's brother's father's house. Okay. Only their little ones, their flocks and their herds, they left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great gathering. Then they came to the threshing floor, the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan. And they mourned there with a great and very solemn lamentation. He observed seven days of mourning for his father. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, this is a deep mourning of the Egyptians. Therefore, its name was called Abel Miziram, which is beyond the Jordan. And that Abel Mizraim, Mizraim literally means mourning of Egypt. So his sons did for him just as he had commanded them, for his sons carried out to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre which Abraham bought with the field from Ephron the Hittite as property for a burial place. And after he buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brothers, and all who went up with them to bury his father. So they all went up to bury Jacob. Uh, the They mourned like Egyptians, um, which is amazing because it's very heartfelt. You know, that must really love the guy. Um... And uh, do we still have power? No, it's gone. Our power just went out. Uh, is the mic powered by the computer or by the wall? No, it's powered by the computer. Oh, good. So we're still going. Great. Here we go. Power's back. Okay. Uh, and it's gone. <laughs> All right. Time to get inventive here. I don't have a. I don't have a back. Uh, you want to just use one? Do you have blue letter on yours? Oh, I've got a... Uh... Okay. Okay, here we go. This is unique. When Joseph's brother... Ah, here we go. Joseph returns his brothers, reassures his brothers. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. Wow. They're like, so dad was pretty much the only thing that's keeping this guy from just murdering us. And uh, if you hear awkward pauses, that's because our power has come on and off and on and off and on and off several times. What is that noise, though? Do you keep hearing that noise? It's like, oh, like something just an engine just started. Almost like the garage door. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so we're actually literally sitting here in the dark. The only bright thing is Briggs' computer and my phone's light is on, which is how I'm reading the Bible. So, <laughs> and thankfully we have uh, we have a good charge on the computer. Mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Well, this shows you know we're not even gonna let you know a little power run us off. Yeah. No. And hopefully by the time we get to upload this thing, that's the power working against on. us. That's what I was about to say. You know, there's the 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 powers that be. That's right. So let's see. Um. So uh, his brothers 
are a little worried here because as soon as uh, and as soon as the old man dies, they're like, well, um, I, he's the only thing that's keeping Joseph from um, killing us. And so um, they're pretty worried about that. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. The whole street. Now out. please forgive the trespass of the servants of your God, of your father. And I don't really think that, I mean, I guess he could have said that, but I'm kind of thinking that they were just like, you know, just say that that's, that's what he would have said, mm -hmm. you know, if he actually thought about it. But um, anyway, to me, it sounds like they were, you know, fibbing just to keep Joseph from killing them. You think? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they had no reason to do that because they obviously don't know any of Joseph's intentions and the love in his heart for his brothers and family. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Oh, wow. They come out and say it, fully fulfilled from his dream. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So kind of the opposite of what they were expecting. You know, they were expecting fire and brimstone to come down on their little heads. And Joseph is like, guys, you don't realize what an amazing thing God has done through you. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good to save many, many, many lives. And uh, that's that's humbling. Yeah, it's very humbling. And as you can see, his brothers, you know, they fell down face first in front of him and said, you know, we are your servants. You know, and, and uh, I had I had someone and I want to say it was probably Bill, but um, got it over there. Oh, sorry. It's like right in my eye. Um, I, I want to say it was probably Bill, but I don't know if it was or not. But he was like, you know, the question was, do you love God? Uh -huh. Yes. It's like, then everything he's done is for your good. Okay, stop being a five. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, sitting here with my little light. Just making... It's dark in here. You don't have this. My, my desk is very ornate. Yes, very ornate indeed. Anyway, um, Sorry. I'm acting five-year-old here because I have a light in a dark room. Okay. Puppet master, Stuart. <laughs> so what were you saying? Oh, you didn't hear? You did say it, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. What I said was, I think it was Bill, but the question was, do you love God? Mm -hmm. I think I said yes a couple of times because he kept asking the question. He said, then none of that matters. Everything he's doing is exactly what he wants to happen mm -hmm. for your good and the good of everyone who knows you. Yeah, I was like, hmm, that's powerful. It is powerful. Very indeed. He's like, it may not be, you know, your struggle may not be for you, but someone you know might be the one benefiting just as much as you do. I'm like, well, that someone better be doing some good stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, The whole the whole street is out. We're we're, is out we're like power. we're looking out the window, watching people walk outside with flashlights. Yeah, I'm surprised still people. Uh, he's probably using his phone. I was about probably. to say I'm surprised people still have flashlights, but yeah. no. Yeah, I'm glad we don't need the internet to record this. Well, we don't need it to record it, but we will need it to upload it. But I I'm pretty sure I can save it while it's yeah. Uh, this this will be a first. So yes, 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 indeed. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I can honestly say. You know, if I had things my way, I would be in a very different place right now. You know. But would you want it that way? Oh, okay. No, 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 have no, you no, ever, no. Hold no on, I was have actually, you I wasn't ever... finished. Okay, okay. I wasn't okay. finished. I was going to say, if God had given me my way and let me do things the way that I wanted, you know, even though those things that I wanted were good and right things to want, um... I would not be nearly as satisfied or happy with my life as I am. And but God has working through those situations. Um, and he said, no, 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 no. This is where I actually want you to go. And it has working, worked out to my benefit. Right. You know, well, ha have you ever seen the movie, Mr. Destiny? No, I guess I haven't. Golly, we're going to have to watch that one, too. That one's a super good one, but it, the, the base of that movie is kind of something that I've always thought about with you know, the way your life turns out. Uh-huh. This whole movie starts with this guy who walks into a bar, and Michael Caine is sitting behind the bar, and he's not really a bartender. He's like an angel, quasi-angel person, uh -huh. some sort of not, you know, a supernatural being of sorts. Yeah. And I think it was Jim Belushi. Okay. Walks into the bar and he sits down. He's he's just had a fight with his wife or whatever, and he's he hates the way his life's become, and he's very up in alls about this. And so, what do guys do when they do that? They go to a bar, mm -hmm. you know. And he sits down at the bar, and he's 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 unloading on the bartender. Which, if any anybody's a bartender, they know exactly how that is. Yeah, <laughs> you get unloaded on more than any person should. Thanks. And so Michael Caine's just yeah yeah yeah. I have just the drink for you. And he I can goes hear behind him saying the, that. He, oh, I had just the drink for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then so he he brings out this milky looking glass. Okay. And he goes, drink this. And he's he's already talked in precursor. He's always talked about this this baseball. If he had just hit this baseball, he could have had the greatest girl in school, and his life would have been different, and he would have had all the riches and glory because you know his. This girl was the richer of the class, you know, people mm. he went to school with. And so Michael Caine brings out this milky glass and he goes, drink this. He's like, I don't want to drink that. And he goes, just drink it. This will solve all of your problems. And so he drinks the glass. Everything seems to be fine. He goes home and the door is locked and he doesn't have a key to it. So he's banging on this door and this big dude answers the door like, who are you? I go, this is my house. No, it's not. I lived here for 10 years. Like, oh. This is, but, and he looks around. His cars are not in the driveway. It's not his furniture in the house. And he's like, oh, this is interesting. And so the cops pick him up and take him to his house. So he's been like transported into this other dimension in which he got the girl that he always wanted. Oh, he now lives in a mansion. Oh, wow. And, and then throughout the course of this movie, he realizes this isn't the life he this wanted. This isn't the life he wanted, yeah. He thought he wanted it. Yeah. 
But given that reality, he was like, I just want to be done with this. And then Michael Caine shows up and have you had enough yet? Yeah. Well, this do, is do you like the, what uh, you've chosen? Uh, it's a wonderful life thing here. Yeah. No. Do you like what you've chosen? He's like, no, I just want it back. Yeah. My kids, my wife, I want all of it back. And he's like, okay. <laughs> you know, and then he, he takes him back home and everything's back the way it was. Wow. You know, so, but that's, that's, they made a remake of that movie, which more people probably have, have seen. seen again. It's called uh, 17 Again. Huh. And for all the Zach Efron people, that's the movie starring Zach Efron. Mm. It's the same movie. But it doesn't have Michael Caine. No, yeah, that's, that's a big, it also, he turns himself back into a 17 year old instead of, just going back. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dang. Okay. But the the idea of the movie is the same. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we can we can continue. Well, now I'm going to be talking like Michael Caine, and I don't do a very good one right now. I have to listen to him. But no, I'm not actually. But okay, so, <laughs> um, yeah, this is the last paragraph, two paragraphs, of Genesis, and it's talking about the death of Joseph. Twenty-two. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, and he and his father's household. And Joseph lived 110 years, which sounds like a long time. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation, the children um, of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you. And bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from his children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Now, here's what's interesting. Uh, 24. And Joseph said to his brethren... I am dying, and he's 110 years old here. And so my question is, are his brothers still alive, or is it talking about brethren like, you know, his companions around him? That's usually what that's usually what that means, Yeah, his companions around him. You don't think it's actually talking about his brothers? I don't know. I mean, it may include them, but usually that's just a companion name mm-hmm. in the Bible specifically. Brethren is used for, you know, his people. Yeah. Okay, that would make sense. I was in here thinking his brothers. Like, you know, now we use, you know, my brethren as a, a, a terminology for people in Christ. Right, right. And it's talking, it basically, you know. This obviously is pre-Christ. It, so. it, shows, it shows kinship beyond, right. you know, um, just, you know, same, par- uh, same parents. Right. Um, shows that same familial love, just not necessarily related. Um, but... Yeah, so that was my first thought when I was reading this earlier, is that his brothers might have still been around, because Joseph was, you know, obviously younger than most of his brothers, except yeah, Benjamin. Except Benjamin. Um, so that'd be interesting if they lived longer than him, especially when he's 110. But if he's talking about just companions around him, well, then yes, then I can see that making sense. He talking to his brethren. brethren. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in the coffin in Egypt. And Beth endeth 50. Wow. Book of Genesis. There it is. So we can start into Exodus if we want or we can continue talking about Genesis a little. 
So Genesis was kind of, um, it all led up to Joseph. It all led up to the, you know, um, God's people going to Egypt. Um, and uh, Genesis covers a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. It really does. It covers a lot of ground. It starts with Adam and Eve, the creation of the world. Uh, creation of everything as we know it and quickly goes to you know the uber sin of the world which must have been really heinous I mean you can't I can't even you know something bad enough for God to just up and destroy the world and granted it might have actually not been all that bad here's my you know here's my reasoning um you know the the classic thought is you know oh if god really hates this guy he's just gonna zap him you know and you know he can do that but he has promised not to zap the whole world he says well (laughs) not by water not by water anyway and so he said never again will i flood the earth um and um anyway so that kind of leaves out floods anyway i think my personal view is I don't think Sodom was as bad as people think. Uh-huh. I think it was bad. Mm-hmm. But I think given the opportunity, places like Asheville, San Francisco, the big cities mm-hmm. that become sinful are just as bad. Right, yeah. You know. God just never made a proclamation that he's going to destroy that place. Right. Yeah. And you got to think, back in this time... A lot of the the areas were secluded. Yeah. So, like, given you're still playing like a fighter, given the opportunity, we have so many re, we have ways to get to different cities quickly. Yeah. Know, plane, train, automobile. You mm-hmm. know, not. I wasn't. I wasn't making a movie pun there. But there <laughs> you go. You know, they would have had to drive quite a way by horse and donkey to get to these places. So these places like Sodom and Gomorrah, which were big cities, were, you know, that, that still has glass and it kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, we didn't actually um, mean to step on your foot. <laughs> you know, they were kind of kind of a breeding ground for sin, no pun intended. Yeah. You know, there I don't think there were a lot of people that moved to Sodom and Gomorrah for pleasures and that. I think a lot of these people were raised there in the sin mm-hmm. and were continuing to be sin because that's all they knew. Right. Now, obviously, you do have families like Lot who came in, right? but that was because they were kind of forced out of another area. So I would I would say given the opportunity, Asheville could be just as bad. You sure, I mean? sure, sure. Uh, but I guess what I was saying is, you know, um, uh, however bad the world became, you know, God kind of said, yeah, I'm not going to destroy it all like that again until the very end, you know. Um, the reckoning Mm -hmm. Um, and so it probably got worse than that but God was like okay so I already promised and so I'm not going to destroy it totally Um, but uh, anyway so you have the uh, the flood and Noah and you know, then down from there, you have his sons, and then you have, uh, I guess, Abraham, 
comes around. Mm-hmm. He's the next big figure after Noah is Abraham. Right. Who's the first patriarch. Uh, and he's the one that has the first real connection with God. You know, God works through him. And... Uh, no, he did through Noah, too. He did through... Okay, yeah, that's, I, meant, I meant after Noah. I right, after okay, Noah. I was about I to say, because he, he yeah. did work through Noah, you know, he build did. the yes, ark. you're right, you're right. Had those same conversations, but yeah. from Noah on, you know, it does say God walked with Enoch. Yep. So there, there was definitely a connection there. Yeah. Um, but as far as we know, true conversations, yeah. Abraham was definitely the, the more meaningful Definitely. And I can't say that Enoch didn't have meaningful conversations. There probably were, because he was apparently an upright man enough that God Mm -hmm. walked with him. Sure. And so you have Noah, and then the flood, and then the next big figure is Abraham. Uh, And he pretty much sets up the whole Old Testament patriarchy thing. Uh, And then from Abraham, you have his son Isaac. And... You've got all the different little uh, stories between those two, which are very similar because the apple don't fall far from the tree. No, it does not. <laughs> How many times did we hear, oh, that's my sister? Yeah, exactly. Oh, At least boy. four. Poor old Abimelech was just like, come on, guys. Yeah, he fell for really? it twice. Really? Golly. You'd think after the first time he'd be going, yeah. wait, who, Fool me who, once. Are, who are you? Shame on me. <laughs> Uh, You've done to me something that ought not be. I love how he said the same thing twice. Yeah, yeah. That Again? ought not to be done. What is it with your family? Yeah, man. So, anyway, uh, you've got Abraham and half of Isaac uh, playing the "that's my, that's just my sister" thing with Abimelech, and then Abimelech. And then Isaac does it again with the Pharaoh. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then moving on from Isaac, he's got uh, his two sons, um, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob stole the birthright after a prophecy coming from his mother, Rebecca. Rebecca, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rebecca. And... Uh, And so Isaac, I mean, uh, yeah, Isaac, no, sorry, Jacob uh, and Esau eventually get together and, you know, they love each other and uh, go their separate ways. Um, And then Jacob has all of his sons through a couple of different women Mm -hmm. and uh maidens handmaids um and he gets his son joseph eventually through his favored wife rachel um and through joseph after being thrown in prison i mean thrown in the dungeon pardon in the pit sold into slavery 
He rises through the ranks, and then he gets put in prison. He rises through the ranks in prison, and then he gets put in Pharaoh's household, and he obviously rises through the ranks of Pharaoh's household pretty darn quick. Yeah, it doesn't take much time. And then from there, he just goes to the top of Egypt, and then from there, uh, his family come back and join him again, and he uh, is basically, essentially, ruling Egypt. You know, Pharaoh is the commander, but he basically gives Joseph all power and Joseph gets pretty much whatever he wants, uh, supports his family, saves all of Egypt, gets them through the, um, the, the famine and, uh, Pharaoh sets up house for all the, um, the Israelites as they're later called because Jacob, uh, starts going by the name Israel. Um, and, hey, what's that? Oh, that's the, is that the blackout? Yeah. Dang. All right. So anyway, uh, and then you have, um, Jacob eventually dies and it's just Joseph. And after Joseph dies, that is the end of. Genesis. So there you have it, the quick synopsis of Genesis by Stuart. Yeah, and I, I, for the record, didn't realize that Genesis actually ended on his death. You know what? I didn't either. I've never, I've I didn't never, either. I, and see, it's sad. I keep saying that. I've read yeah. the Bible at least three or four times with Martin. Well, this is the first know? time that I've gotten through a book of the Bible, and honestly, that little rambling on there was just kind of me trying to remember everything that we read through. Yeah. And I will say that it was actually a little bit clearer than I expected. Yeah. Because that was how many weeks ago that we started? This is our 26th podcast, two a week, so 11 weeks. Yeah. That's a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my memory is usually not quite that clear, but because we're discussing in depth, you know, most of these chapters here and spending good time on it. And I come to the end and I remember quite a bit. Yeah. And so here, what comes next is now the Israelites, as we can call them, are in Egypt. And who comes immediately after? Um, well, okay. So I say immediately after that's, that's wrong there. So, so we, what happens here? We have is, a time gap here. There's a, there is the time gap. There's not a, a huge because we time don't gap. know. A we don't know if the pharaoh that is has been in charge is still in charge when Joseph dies. Yeah. A we don't know that. And B I'm not entirely sure. And I'm gonna try. No promises. I have the weekend. I'm gonna uh -huh. try to do some research and find out which pharaoh is which. Oh, interesting. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, because I'm pretty sure if memory serves me correct, Ramses is in between. The pharaoh that's active now, or was during Joseph's time, and I think the predecessor that jo that Moses grows up with mm -hmm. is Ramses the second. Wow, who so is actually not that big of a time gap. Though. No, no, I think Ramses the first is the one that takes over after this gentleman, mm -hmm. and I give him that because he does seem like he's a gentleman at this uh -huh. point. I'll give him that that title, but. Uh, Ramses II, I think, is the one that Moses grows up with. Yeah. 
and has his dealings with because yeah. he really doesn't have dealings with Ramses's father. Mm-hmm. Well, um, not, I read a little bit, and he was quite a, according to actual historical texts, other than the Bible, Moses and Ramses the second were quite troublemakers together. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I read a little further into this, and um, um, let's see. Now that's a seated ah. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. So Joseph lived to be 110, and he was, um, so there could so this have been. this is where the new king starts, yeah. and that's Ramses I. Yeah. Now, that being said, who knows how old the last pharaoh got. Right. Or how old he was in Joseph. Yeah, there. He could have been that. a young pharaoh for all we know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. And so we don't have that much information. All we know Because he really doesn't talk that, about his children either. Um. It says there arose a new king. There could have been others. It doesn't say. Um, But this one did not know Joseph. So we know that when Joseph died, you know, this one came about. And this one was in, by all historical texts that I have found in the past when I've looked it up, uh, he was in his 40s, 30s or 40s around the time that... that, uh, Moses was dropped off per se. Right. So at that point that he was dropped off and found this Pharaoh was well into his forties yeah. or thir- you know, late thirties, early forties, yeah. which by the time that, you know, Moses became an adult with Ramses the second puts this guy in his, you know, eighties. Yeah. Well, Hey y'all, we uh, are crazy excited, really excited to move on into this next book here. We are. We hope y'all are also. But uh, we have gone over time today, and we have uh, 20 seconds. And with, with all due hopes, we can actually be able to save this. If not, right. we'll be redoing this for That's everyone. right. That's right. So <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and more. And be sure to like and check out our Facebook page.